Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. And on today's show, our second episode of the week, a little recruiting breakdown for you guys. Of course, uh, when you guys are listening to this, would be on Wednesday, um, which is the start of the early signing period for the 2021 class. So uh, exciting time for Wisconsin, exciting time for players in this class, and uh, to help talk about that, we have Alan True of 247 Sports on. We'll have an interview with him at the back half of this show um, to kind of get his breakdown of the class. We actually just finished recording that part, and we're recording this part after. I'll say the interview is very insightful. Uh, gives a really good breakdown of all the positions. Um, really knows what he's talking about, so it's uh, always nice to have him on. He did a great job last year with the 2020 class, and I think you guys will really enjoy listening to him talk about the uh, 2021 class. But before we get into that, Matt and I are going to do a little touch on uh, this class as well, because I think there's a lot of good stuff to get into. But uh, before we do that, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, yeah. This is always a, a fun time of the year just because of the possibilities. You don't really know who's going to break out and become uh, the next Jonathan Taylor. Um, and, and sometimes you have the opposite on the spectrum where you see you know, four and five stars four and five stars not pan out to be what you think they could be. So um, I, I, it's really exciting. The, the program's definitely trending in a positive direction in terms of the recruiting rankings. Um, now it's a matter of making sure to, to get things rolling on the 2022 class. So um, I'm doing good, ready to talk a little recruiting. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good too. It's always exciting, especially when, you know, if you're in a position like we are where we talk about Wisconsin athletics and and football and, and all that, you, you talk about, I mean, a lot of these, some of these guys we've had on for interviews, you kind of follow their careers, you know, throughout um, their, you know, their junior and senior years. So it's nice to see them, you know, kind of have this moment to, to sign their um, letter of intent and, and get that, you know, decision behind them and then have that all ready to go so they can uh, hop to Wisconsin and, and hopefully, you know, some of these guys contribute early in their career. I mean, you look at Wisconsin football right now, Got a lot of young guys, whether it be freshmen, you know, true freshmen, and guys like Herbig and, and Jalen Berger, um, or, or redshirt freshmen, you know, Graham Mertz. A lot of guys early contributors uh, to Wisconsin football, and there's guys in this class that I think could be part of that. And I know we talk about that a little bit in our interview coming up here. But before we get to that, let's kind of go back and forth and just talk about some guys that we're excited about. Maybe we'll pick a couple here. Um, who are some of the guys that, that really stand out to you that you're excited to see um, in this 2021 uh, commitment class? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple guys that you can pinpoint and be like, yeah, I think he's going to be really, really, really talented for this team. Um, I'm going to go with Hunter Waller. I think he is the best pure football player on that they got out of this class. I think you look at Nolan Rucci, and I think the potential he has and what he will most likely become in the future will probably surpass anything that Waller will bring to the table in terms of, you know, Rucci's being projected to be a first-round draft pick. That's what a five-star by 247 is saying. But I, but I think Waller, for what Wisconsin needs in that defense, to have a, a free safety that can really just cover a lot of ground, 
can be an absolute missile and, and has the physicality that he brings as well. He's a, he's a proven winner at the high school ranks. He, he can do a little bit of everything. I think he's the guy that I look at and I'm like, I, I think he could bring something that's different that this team hasn't had at the safety position in a little bit. I think Eric Burrell's really great. I think you you look guys at guys like Mike Caputo. They're they're they've been great, but at the same time, I, I do think that Hunter Wohler is a player that um, really jumps out to me. And and then another guy, uh, just to to go to the other side of the ball here to to switch things up a little bit. I think it's Marcus Allen. The the Badgers are in desperate need of wide receivers, and I, I think you look at him at six two two hundred pounds, um, four star by rivals. Upper three-star, near four-star by um, 247. We won't get into ESPN's rankings, but um, I, I think he's a guy that could really help them out as a bigger body receiver. And, and we've seen just how much it's important to have depth at wide receiver and at those skill positions, and, and it's really hurt this team this year. I think he's a kid who could come in and, and play right away and, and bring something in that, to that wide receiver room as well. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with both of your choices there. Marcus Allen was going to be the, uh, a guy that I mentioned kind of for the same reasons you did. You look at this Wisconsin football team right now, I mean, not a lot going well for them at the, at the receiver position. You know, Not having Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis has really hurt, but you're also seeing that maybe they don't have a lot of depth behind those guys because things are really struggling. I know, um, you know on Saturday we saw some impact from Devin Chandler. He looks like a receiver from this past class that could really be good of course to Ray DK so to have some guys to pair with that would be good because you're going to need some uh, strong receivers going forward Marcus Allen was a guy that um, you know I don't know if many Wisconsin fans really you know thought that they were going to end up uh, with him in Madison of course a, a former Michigan commit and ended up as a Badger commit so it's huge for them in that regard but also um, really important because he's going to be a guy that I think could contribute um, you know, throughout his career, but also early in his career. He, he's got all the tools, he's got the size, and he's in a position, um, you know, that Allen kind of mentions later on that uh, that they really need someone at and, and need the depth. And uh, we've got four seniors that possibly will be departing, of course, with eligibility stuff. Some of these guys can be back. But to have a guy like that ready to step in, I think, would be huge. And then the guy I'll mention on the defensive side of the ball um, is, is T.J. Bowler. So you mentioned Hunter Waller. I think he's going to be great as well. I think Braylon Allen will be really good as well. But I'm excited to see what T.J. Bowlers can bring. Um, you know, a guy that was in the heart of Iowa, um, to get him to commit to Wisconsin is big. Um, I'm interested to see kind of where he transitions in terms of whether he's got his hand in the dirt or if he's, you know, an outside linebacker position. But I think he's a guy that is really strong. Uh, really athletic, really physical, and, and can be a big contributor to Wisconsin. We've seen this year, you know, not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and uh, I think they've gotten plenty of hurries, like we've mentioned time and time again, not really getting home for sacks. They need some guys that can really get uh, use their length. You know, Bowlers at 6'3", is a guy that they think can, can get after the quarterback wherever he's at position-wise, so I think he'll be an important add to this Wisconsin team as they go forward and, and look to develop some pass rushers. No doubt that kind of leads us into the next thing, which is, you know, talking a little bit about positions that we really thought that the staff did well at. And uh, I think T.J. Bowlers represents a big piece to that outside linebacker and really just inside linebacker. Um, Wisconsin, you mentioned it, hasn't gotten to the quarterback as much as you would have hoped and what you have seen in the past from a Jim Leonard defense. And it's not for a lack of trying, but you look at um, the crop of outside linebackers with T.J. Bowlers You've got Daryl Peterson, 
You've got uh, both both of which are four-star guys, according to 247. You, you look at um, Jake Ratzloff, who could play inside or outside and is really, um, you know, a typical guy, kind of reminds you of Joe Schobert, who I think we would all take uh, in a heartbeat for this Wisconsin defense. Uh, and then Jake Chaney at inside linebacker as well, um, who, who's – I think could do a lot of really good things as a as a blitzer, um, and and I think they really reloaded at the, at those positions at, and they needed to because uh, Wisconsin was having troubles at depth at the inside linebacker position. Um, they didn't really have any difference makers at the outside linebacker position other than a true freshman in in, in Herbig. So I think that's to me where they really did the best job um, as as a staff this year. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with. Uh, that assessment. I think that uh, position group is really strong. And then, of course, to kind of go off of that and into our, you know, kind of where we think the staff did best, I think they hit home there and then, of course, on the offensive line. You know, this is now three really strong classes in a row on the offensive line. I mean, three strong classes in general when you talk about, you know, Logan Brown, um, you know, Trey Wettig and, and those guys from last year. Um, and then this year, I mean, you've got three really solid kids on the offensive line. I think. And we talked about it a little bit in our interview with Alan. It's someone's going to have to kind of move around um, within these three classes to, to see a lot of playing time. But Wisconsin's going to have plenty of depth on that offensive line. When you look at Nolan Rucci, you know, probably your one of your tackles of the future, bench wall, um, and Riley Mallman, three really strong guys. So it's no surprise that Wisconsin does well, you know, recruiting the linebackers and you know the running backs in the offensive line. But it's really been good to see, you know, the depth that they can build because you're going to have four and five-star guys that are going to be competing for playing time. Um, you know, in a couple of years, you might have four and five-star guys that maybe are riding on the bench a little bit because you've got so many of them. So it's nice to see, um, you know, Wisconsin really doing well. They they know the positions that they can go after and really dominate in, and the really outside linebacker, inside linebacker, and uh, and the offensive line have been really two places that they've. Um, you know, made their bread and butter, and thankfully it's worked out for them. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I think the offensive line class is definitely one that also pops out on, on film. Uh, I think they, the Badgers staff did a really good job of rounding out this class in a lot of ways. You look at running back, where they've had some numbers issues and uh, a lack of production behind Jalen Berger, and you're bringing in three different players that could all play at that position as well. So there's there's a lot of really positive um, vibes coming from this class, especially when you consider that they're the highest ranked group that the, the staff has had in the rankings era. So kind of rounding out our part of the conversation, of course, we, we've talked a lot about the, the the strong guys of this class, but is there anyone that, that you kind of had in mind that you wish that would have landed in this class that unfortunately didn't and, and went on to uh, other schools? I think for me, if you're if you're looking back at it, there's a couple of different guys that could come to mind, but the biggest one is Terrence Ferguson. Um, we we talked a little bit about weapons on the outside for uh, the coaching staff with with when you're throwing the ball, and Terrence Ferguson is is that um, you know the a great tight end that can get out in space and, and catch the ball, make plays. I think Jack Pooh can can help them out with that as well. He's more of a blocking inline tight end though, and can really do some good things with that. Whereas you, you look at Terrence Ferguson, he's more of that Mike Kosicki type where you're, he's going to be off, off ball, um, you know, split out at times and, and can do some damage with it. He's a four-star kid, ended up going to Oregon. The Badgers were number two for him. And I think that he would have been um, 
uh, a player that really could have helped this class out as well. And, but at the same time, then maybe you're not bringing in another wide receiver. So um, I think if there was a miss, he would be a guy that I think the staff would have loved to have had in this class if they could have fit him in. Yeah, he really looked like a guy that, that fit well. You know, you mentioned Pew is the guy that uh, has good size but might be more of your interior, um, you know, lineman hybrid, um, you know, at tight end position. So I think that is definitely one to keep an eye on. And the other guy, you know, we've talked about the, the receiver position a little bit, Joseph Manjack, who is now decommitted from, from Washington State. Uh, wide receiver, big wide receiver, 6'3", 200. Um, I, I don't see him, um, you know, coming back. Uh, to Wisconsin that way. I know his recruiting kind of cooled off um, in that regard, and, and that was a guy that I think size-wise could have been a, a nice offer um, and, and land for the Badgers. But again, you know, you're talking about if you land some of these guys that we've mentioned in in the likes of those two, you maybe you're missing out on, on some of these other guys. So at the end of the day, it, it probably works out, but I think both of those guys would have been nice to get. But uh, it's it's still a really strong class. It's It's probably nitpicky. Um, of us to really worry about it too much because this class overall is, of course, highly regarded and, and one of you know the the best in terms of recruiting rankings um, for Wisconsin ever. You know, coming in at uh, national rank of 16th, and for the most part, I think this class is pretty much well buttoned up. So you're going to look at a a top three class in the Big Ten, top 16 class in the nation, which is is really good for Wisconsin standards considering where they were even just a few years ago um, for the Badgers. So exciting time uh, for for Wisconsin that way. Yeah, no doubt, because you can tell right now that 2018 class, uh, which would have been um – you know, the ju- the juniors uh, for a lot of these guys and, and redshirt sophomores, we're not seeing them as much as what we're seeing from some of the 2019 and 2020 classes because um, that 2018 class wasn't nearly as well ranked. You look at the last two and, and they're they're jumping kids. So um, it's the rankings do matter as much as uh, you know Wisconsin can develop kids. It does make a huge difference, and, and we're seeing that play out in a lot of ways with this Wisconsin team right now. Most definitely. It'll be interesting to see how this class um, you know, shakes out in the future for Wisconsin. Um, so that wraps up our portion of the conversation, guys. Now we'll kick it over. We'll get our ad reads out of the way, and then we'll get into our interview with Alan True of 247 Sports. Like I mentioned, he gave a really good breakdown of the Badgers and, and this incoming class. So stick with us through a couple of advertisements, and we'll be back with you shortly. Today we've got our special recruiting breakdown episode. We have Alan True of 247 Sports on to break down um, this class a little bit with us. He was on with us last year, gave a great insight to the class of 2020 for Wisconsin, which we're seeing now on the field. Um, and there's a good few uh, of those guys that have, have really played well so far this season. So uh, it's good insight to see what uh, Badgers will be bringing in uh, this next fall as they go into the 2021 season. So, And Alan, how are you doing today? Doing great, guys. Yeah, busy time of year. This is a, a crazy couple of days for me, but happy to hop on and, and talk some Badgers here. Well, we really appreciate it. Like you said, yeah, I'm sure it is a busy time for you and, and the athletes alike. And thankfully, we had you on last year to break down the 2020 class, but we kind of wanted to start there. Um, are you surprised with Wisconsin right now to see how many players from that group are, are seeing early playing time for Wisconsin? I mean, is there any certain initial impressions you have of guys, you know, like Nick Herbeg, Jalen Berger, Shimmer uh, DK, et cetera? Yeah, so, I mean, in this year, in 2020, anything was going to be possible, right, with the amount of uncertainty, guys opting out, 
um, guys testing positive, those kinds of things. We knew there was going to be a chance for some young guys to step up, but it seems like those guys would have been playing regardless of all that. And, and so, you know, from my standpoint and just talking about this selfishly as somebody who helps um, rate these guys, Wisconsin in the past has always been a school that we knew had the potential to make us look dumb. They always took two-star guys, three-star guys, and even walk-ons and, and had them become productive players. So when looking back and having, um, you know, DK being a guy who we raised to a four-star, Herbig was a four-star, Jalen Berger was a four-star, I feel good about about how we did on those guys. And I also, you know, it shows that Wisconsin's willing to play young guys, which in the past as a developmental program, it didn't happen quite as much uh, as it did at other places. Is there one of those freshmen that have been playing, whether it's Herbig, Berger, DK, even a guy like Devin Chandler has seen the field, or Tanner Bordellini um, due to some injuries and, and COVID issues, is there one of those guys that you've been most impressed by what they've done so far this year? I, I think DK has to be the guy. Um, uh, he's, he was a kid that we thought was a good athlete was used in a lot of different places, but I wouldn't have pegged him as an early contributor. I think we thought Berger had a good chance because of the nature of the position and uh, his size and just being ready coming in. Herbig, same thing. You know, played at a really good high school program out there in Hawaii. You know, had come up um, with, with a brother that was playing, so had been around football quite a bit. So, so those guys aren't as surprising maybe as DK. Um, and, and, and he's not just out there playing. He's making impact plays. So he's He's the one, even though we thought he was a good athlete, like I said, we raised him up last year, but maybe wouldn't have expected him to make that impact quite so fast. Jumping ahead here a little bit to the 2021 group that is signing this week, another good class for Wisconsin, another boost in terms of rankings that way. What are your overall thoughts uh, on this class? Well, I think the class is, is, is really good. It continues to further – um, what I've thought about Wisconsin recruiting in the last few years, which is they've always been strong deve- developmental program, always found kids who are under the radar, found guys who fit what they do and, and the body types that they look for, and they haven't compromised on that, but now they, they have recruited uh, at a higher level nationally, and you can see that in the recruiting rankings. This class is 16th right now, um, and, and, and there's a number of guys in this class who could be early impact players like the ones from before. So. The size and athleticism of this class, I think on both sides, well, even when you go down to looking at their backs and, their, and the quarterback in this class, this is a, a class full of big athletic kids. Now, you normally get out and can see a lot of these players in the Midwest, which I know has been kind of thrown for a loop because of COVID, but are there any of these commits for the Badgers that you're personally higher on than maybe where they sit in the composite rankings? Yeah, there's a couple of them. Jake Ratzleff is one. Um, he has a three-star composite ranking rating. We have him as a four. And, uh, you know, he kind of fits the mold of what Wisconsin's recruited at the outside linebacker position. Not all of those guys who have been successful there played that position in high school. Zach Vaughn um, played a little bit on the edge, but he was more known as a high school quarterback. T.J. Watt was able to play, you know, all over the place. He played some quarterback, played some tight end, played some receiver. I think the being a multiple athlete is important with what Wisconsin asked those guys to do. And here you have a kid who played deep safety this year, played in the box last year, obviously was athletic and physical enough to be an NHL draft prospect, 
a lot of there are a lot of uh, traits and factors there that I think led us to to really feel like he had a bright future and and at a position that Wisconsin has done a great job developing. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And and kind of going off of what we talked a little bit about earlier, uh, of course, there's been a lot of 2020 players that are seeing the field ahead of schedule. Um, you know, we talked about Chimray DK maybe being a guy that um, is well ahead of schedule and contributing. Is there anyone in this 2021 class that you could see maybe being that same you know fit where they're they're jumping up and, and on the field early for Wisconsin? Yeah, a couple guys. Um, Marcus Allen is one because I think there's going to be some availability at wide receiver, and he's going to come in at six foot two, close to 200 pounds, extremely hard worker, had a great senior year, shows a lot of polish to his game. So I think between the opportunity and his physical traits and just being ready to compete at that level. He's a guy that I could see getting some time. Hunter Wohler, uh, for a lot of the same reasons, he's going to come in having played, I think, four years of varsity at the high school level, so going to be very experienced. He's a kid who really thinks the game in addition to his athleticism, so I think from a maturity standpoint, an experience standpoint, and um, I think he's going to check off a lot of boxes as well. Um, sticking on the offense here, uh, in this class you have three running backs that are, are guys that are at least listed as running backs in Moyle Crawford, Jackson Aker, and Antoine Roberts. How do you see each of those guys fitting into what Wisconsin does on offense, or do you possibly even see got some of those guys having the availability to switch positions? Yeah, I think Jackson Aker is, is well, you know, he committed pretty early and knew at the time that running back was an option, but probably not one of the stronger options. I mean, I think he could end up being an outside linebacker, could end up being a fullback, could end up being a lot of things. He's a, a big kid with a track background who um, I don't think that, that is – he's not personally married to the idea of playing running back, and I don't think the Badgers are either. So if anybody's going to move, I think of the three, he's the most likely to move positions. Loyal Crawford is probably going to be your true tailback, but he's a guy who can – get out in space and, and catch the football as well. So you can do some different things with him. And then I think Roberts will complement that by being a bigger body. Six foot two, 195 pounds right now. Have to think he's going to be over 200 in time. So you're looking at, you know, a, a between the tackles, uh, a hard nose kind of big back in Roberts, and then a guy in Loyal who you can move around more and being a little bit more multiple. So I think those guys are all going to find homes. And that's why they felt comfortable committing into a class that had some other bodies at that position. It's important to have depth at those spots as well. I know Wisconsin's has always had you know groups of, of one, two, and, and three backs that I'll see a lot of times. So it'll be interesting to see how that depth plays out at that position. Similar to running back, the Badgers loaded up at outside linebacker. you got T.J. Bowlers, Daryl Peterson, Rotzloff, uh, A.O., all projected to be in that position. What are you? What are your thoughts on, on kind of that group, and, and could they have anyone that maybe shifts positions as well? Yeah, I always go back to um, the class with Alex James and Chikwe Obasi, who those guys ended up, you know, Chikwe ended up putting his hand down. I could see that happening with these guys. I think he just, when it comes to the 34 scheme and the type of athletes you want to bring in, just bring in as many bodies that can get to the quarterback and get penetration as possible. And that's what you have in this group. You look at some of the statistics that these guys posted in high school, and it's, it's pretty wild. Um, Daryl Peterson had 24 sacks as a junior. So it's an interesting switch because Peterson played with his hand down. Adam Bogan played with his hand down. I think those guys could play standing up at those at the next level. 
On the other hand, TJ Bowlers, you have a guy who's played standing up some, but at 250 pounds, he may move more into a hand-down position if that's where his body keeps heading towards. So I, I don't think, as usual, I don't, I don't know that Wisconsin brings in guys um, with one spot in mind. I think they bring in the best football players and athletes that they can, guys who they can do different things with. And I think that's what you have in this outside linebacker group. So I've gotten this question a lot before. Of how are they going to find a way to play all those guys, these guys? And I think um, they're, they're going to find the best fit for these kids. They just wanted to get the best group that they could in the front seven. And I think it's, that's one of the strengths of this class, really. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I think that's something that Jim Leonard has kind of prided himself on is the ability to be multiple and shift things around to get his best players on the field. Anyways, um, kind of pivoting on that, on, on defense as well here at safety, you look at Hunter Wohler, Braylon Allen. You talked a little bit about the skill set that Wohler brings. You know, those are two of the better secondary players to come out of the state in some time. Um, how do you see the two of them fitting in the Badger defense down the line and, and – you said Wooler could see early time. What do you think about the development of Allen, given the fact that he's in, you know, joining the class a, a year above ahead of schedule? Yeah, so Hunter, you know, probably you're looking at him as a as a free safety, but big enough to maybe play the strong safety position as well if you need him to. Braylon, you know, he doesn't like our linebacker designation for him. But he could be a strong safety based on his strength and physicality. But also at six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pounds, he can come in the box and do some different things for you. T.J. Edwards was a high school safety who ended up playing uh, inside backer. So you know that that projection wasn't a knock on him. It was more of a hey, this guy is uh, was at the time going into his junior year. He's already this big, this strong. That's the most interesting thing about Braylon. I think is he's going to come into this class reclassified as the youngest guy in the group, but he's probably the strongest guy in the group when you look at what he does in the weight room. There's no question he's going to fit right in uh, as far as, you know, when he starts winter conditioning and starts lifting, he's going to be one of the strongest guys in the building and, and one of the hardest working guys in the building. So I think for that reason, he's not as far behind as your average guy who reclassifies. And you saw some of the guys nationally in this, in this class who reclassified. Tony Grimes was a DB who reclassified and then ended up playing at North Carolina. So it, just because you're supposed to, just because you're one year younger, it doesn't mean you can't come in and compete. I think Braylon, because of the way he works and because of his physical strength, is, is going to fit right in from day one. It's going to be exciting to watch for the future here for Wisconsin. You know, speaking of the future, if you're talking Wisconsin recruiting, you've got to talk about the offensive line a little bit. The 2020 group was great. This 2021 group is great. Um, you know, four-star prospects all across the board the last three classes with, you know, Brown, Tipman, Jack Nelson, Trey Wedig, got Rucci, Malman, and Benchwall this year. All of them are listed as tackles coming out of high school. Is there a guy that you maybe see that could move around or move inside to, to help? You know, we talked about getting all these guys on the field. Is there anyone who could move around positions in that group to kind of make sure that you're getting the best five on that Wisconsin offensive line? Yeah, if I had to guess, I would think Ben Schwal would be the one that could maybe kick down to guard his brother. Did some of that, did some moving around. I think Rucci and, and Malman, even though they're all listed around the same height, Rucci and Malman probably a little bit too tall and long to, to project more to guard. I think um, those guys are true outside guys. Ben Schwal can be your swing guy. But another good offensive line class, really after a couple of good offensive line classes, this is probably the best group, and I hesitate a little bit because last year's was really good, but you got three legit national guys 
right there. And and it's something again, Wisconsin has furthered that position. They've been they've taken a lot of uh underdeveloped high school players, even high school quarterbacks like David Edwards, and developed them into NFL guys in that position. Now you go back to back to back with getting Logan Brown, Jack Nelson, et cetera, Nolan Rucci, you know, top of the board national tackles. I'm really excited to see where that plays out with them over the next few years. Yeah, and I know you were very in tune with Logan Brown's recruitment, um, so I know you are very high on him and what he could be and probably looks to be your starting left tackle next year if things keep going the way they are. But this point right now marks the early signing period, right? We know that it's not all done. There's still the national signing day in February. Are there any other players that um, the Badgers might kick around or be interested in moving forward? Yeah, so, you know, looking at what happened the last um, few cycles since we've had the early signing period, it's been a couple of years now, Wisconsin has largely signed the class in the early period every time. Um, there's There's been one or two hanging out each year that, that maybe trickle into the class. I believe Caden Johnson, um, no, Caden Johnson was, was an early guy last year too, so they're, they're, you know, typically Wisconsin has not left a lot of room for January, February wiggle room. That said, um, the one I think everybody's looking at a little bit is Audric Estime, running back out of New Jersey. Wisconsin's kicking tires on him. He's committed to Michigan State but won't sign in the early period. Um, we've talked about them having a couple of backs in the class, so interesting to see if they decide to go on him or not based on the numbers. But he's the one that we've heard a lot about, and I always hold out for surprise. Wisconsin has done a great job of finding guys under the radar, finding guys late in the cycle uh, that they go on. This is kind of an interesting year to do that because not every state's played. They didn't have guys in camp in, in the in the summer, but uh, I always kind of hold out uh, that Wisconsin, you know, Iowa schools like that do a good job of finding kids under the radar late in the process. So nobody that I would say like absolutely keep an eye on this guy, but a couple possibilities. You talked about a little bit of the process, and I'm sure the pandemic this year has made that process in terms of rankings and, and evaluating players a lot different this year. Could you maybe just walk us through how you guys went about, you know, with this huge change, and, and how, could anything from that change maybe be useful as you try to, you know, evaluate future classes? Yeah. So we, you know, when the when all this started and we shut down, it was like, man, we got spring camps are taken away, uh, opening regionals are taken away. And that, that's huge from seeing the kids, but also getting verified 40 times shuttle times where they're all on the same track, same field, same day. It's not like, hey, I'm being timed at my high school on this day. This other kid's being timed on his track by his track coach a different day. This is everybody's on the same playing field. And that was very useful in past years. So you take that away, take away college summer camps. We had to make the decision of, well, is it fair to change anything right now? And we made the decision that, it would be actually unfair to just sit here and do nothing. So let's dig into more film. Let's try to watch more full games than we did before. Let's cross-check each other. I watched more kids outside the Midwest than ever before and had more of my guys in my region watched by the rest of our staff. And through that, we found, hey, Alan, you may have missed this, um, or we think you're right on on this guy, or maybe you should look at this guy again. And that was extremely helpful. And then the kids did a great job of doing this for both us and the schools of self-shooting a, a lot of workouts, being able to see a kid run around um, and supplement what we saw in film and, and be able to kind of see how some of them were developing. You know, guys change a lot between their junior film and the summers 
of going into their senior year. So kids were able to do that. Some of the uh, training facilities that they went to were able to provide us with videos. So we just clawed and scratched for anything that we could find. And I think moving forward, that's something we're going to continue to do, even when we're able to get out on the road and see kids again. It makes a ton of sense. I know that was something that um, 247 has really stressed this year. Um, now, looking towards future classes, you know, the state of Wisconsin has a really strong in-state 2022 base. Um, where do the Badgers currently sit for some of those guys, and, and what are you hearing? Yeah, so you always expect them to do well within the state. I think that will continue. You know, the Crystal Balls have them leading uh, for Isaac Ham out of Sun Prairie. Big defensive end. He's been in contact uh, with Braylon Allen a lot. They had a, a very public uh, lifting challenge, which was supposed to end with Isaac committing to Wisconsin. It didn't happen, but I still think that even though he's got quite a few options, Wisconsin's a leader there, a leader on Joe Bruner, uh, offensive tackle out of Whitefish Bay, highly ranked national guy who has um, quite a few offers, but a homegrown Badger offensive lineman uh, who, who I think a lot of people favor to stay inside the state. Carson Hensman has Wisconsin leading on his crystal ball. I think that one's probably the biggest battle of all of them just because he's not a kid who grew up in Wisconsin. He's actually over in Minnesota for a little bit. Um, Iowa was his first offer. Academic kid who was looked at in Northwestern, Stanford, some of those programs. He's, he's probably going to be the one the Badgers have to fight for the most. I think they are definitely uh, in the running and definitely one of the top schools on his list. Um, but but not a, not a layup by any stretch. Um, Billy Strauss is another one that's going to be a real battle. You know, reported that he likes Notre Dame. Um, you know, he visited Michigan, visited some other schools. That one's gonna gonna take a minute, but I think Wisconsin has definitely uh, picked things up with him, gained a lot of ground, and, and it's still very much alive for him. So a couple of interesting interesting battles. I think the state of Wisconsin has gained a lot of respect in recruiting. And uh, you see more schools coming in and try to fight for Wisconsin kids before it was always kind of thought, all these guys are just going to go to Wisconsin no matter what. And, and I've seen because I think because of the Internet, because of Twitter, um, a lot more coaches are willing to come in and, and try to offer some of these guys. It'll be interesting to see how that class kind of breaks down. A lot of in-state talent like you guys have, have mentioned here. One last question here for you, Alan. Wisconsin, somewhat surprisingly, kind of missed out on uh, 2022 quarterback Devin Brown. Um, we actually had him on the show. It sounded sounded very good when we had him on for the uh, you know for pro Badgers that way. But he decided to go elsewhere. Where do you think Wisconsin goes from uh, for a future signal caller, um, you know, to the program? Yeah, so that's a great question. I don't know if I have a great answer right now. They haven't offered uh, any other quarterbacks yet in that class. I think that. When we talked about how the pandemic really affects recruiting, I think the quarterbacks, the 22 class gets affected greatly, and the quarterbacks get affected the most because spring would have been, last spring would have been when the coaches saw a lot of these guys throw. It's actually in the spring that they found Deacon Hill. Um, then they would have tried to bring some of these guys to campus and have them throw for, for them in June. So without those, those two things, I think that's why they've been slower to offer some of these quarterback recruits. So, I know that there's some guys they're keeping an eye on. I think uh, Miles Burkett from in-state is going to be a kid to keep an eye on. Uh, he's got uh, a couple Division One offers. I would think he ends up getting a lot of Power 5 interest. But uh, until these kids can get in front of these coaches and throw again, I think it'll be a little bit slower moving as far as the quarterback position in the 22 class. 
Definitely a lot of interesting things to watch for as we uh, move forward this into this season and, and into next season in these future classes. Alan, we thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it, and, and good luck with this busy week uh, for you as you move forward. Yeah, it's our uh, it's like tax season for accountants. So it's <laughs> our, our Super Bowl week, so excited about it and appreciate you guys having me on. For sure. <laughs> All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of Bucky's Booth Podcast. We'll be back with you for a Minnesota preview later in the week. And as always, on Wisconsin.